Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Let me ask you this. What if you could wake up every day without anxiety? What if you could view your past with purpose rather than regret and live a happy life, peaceful, free from fear? Well, I'm excited to share that I'm going to show you the way. In my upcoming book, Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace, I share my vulnerable, authentic account of how I transformed my own life to live free from fear, to wake up without anxiety every single day, to live without regret. And I'm going to teach you the steps and the methods that I took to get there. So I invite you to join me on the journey of releasing the fears from your past to transform your life in the present. Join me for the Happy Days live online event experience when you pre-order the book today at deargabby.com forward slash happy days. The VIP ticket expires on February 7th. Hey there. Welcome to Dear Gabby. I'm your host, Gabby Bernstein. And if you landed here, it is absolutely no accident. It means that you're ready to feel good and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. Do you ever have super heady conversations with your friends about metaphysical principles, spiritual practices? My guess is that if you're listening to Dear Gabby, that you either do have those conversations or you want to be having them. Today, I have this awesome opportunity for you to listen in on a conversation that is exactly my type of convo. This is exactly what I want to be talking about with the same type of people I want to be talking to. It's a super heady conversation about spirituality, faith, and all of the things that I know to be true, all of the belief systems that I have devoted my life and my career to, and all of the principles that we talk about here on Dear Gabby strengthening our faith, our spiritual connection, how we become our own guru, and all of the ways that we can deepen that faith through our own understanding, our own experience of it. In this conversation, I talked to two guys that are so dope. I talked to my new friends, Rain Wilson and Reza Aslan. Rain is someone who I've wanted to be friends with for a really long time. We have a lot of shared belief systems. Uh, We're both in sober recovery for many years and really thank our sobriety for all of the gifts that we have in our life today. And Rain is a actor. You probably know him best from his role on The Office. He also had a gorgeous production company called Soul Pancake that put up beautiful, mindful content that was also extremely entertaining. Reza, who is my new friend and so cool, such a neat guy, is a renowned writer, commentator, professor, Emmy-nominated producer, and scholar of religions, a recipient of the prestigious James Joyce Award. Reza is also the author of several books. Both Rain and Reza have a really cool podcast called The Metaphysical Milkshake. First of all, how good is that title of that podcast? Unbelievably amazing, The Metaphysical Milkshake. And these guys are so fun, but they're also so deep and they're so smart and they're so authentic and open. Also, Rain is really funny. 
They make some jokes about how Rain is like the Jesus of their podcast and Reza's James, Jesus's brother, always having to do things for him. <laughs> it gets really funny. It gets really heady. It's super spiritual. And this will be a beautiful conversation to listen into. In this conversation, we go deep into our own spiritual practices and what that means to us. We talk about what happens when we have a guru and the guru fails us and the disappointment and the suffering that comes from that. We talk about how Reza identified a addiction that he didn't even know was there. This is such a cool conversation. I do not want you to miss this. Tune in now. Enjoy this dialogue. And what you'll take away is that we all are spiritual beings having a human experience and that we all have the capacity to tune into a spiritual connection of our own understanding. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Here again to talk about therapy. And I'm smiling as I say it because I love it. I am such a big, big, big believer that therapy is the answer. And a kitten. My little kitten is a therapy for me. You're going to hear her purring in the background. Kittens and therapy. It's just been such a huge part of my life having a therapy practice for the last 20 years. And I don't know what I would do without it. In my new book, Happy Days, I talk all about my journey with therapy. And I was joking around with my therapist. I said to her, do you uh, have a preference of who would play you in the movie? (laughs) Because she's been such a huge part of my life for so many years. And I'm really, really, really a huge fan of our sponsor today, BetterHelp. If you're listening to this and you're struggling with any form of anxiety, I just want you to know you're not alone. BetterHelp will access your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist to connect in a safe and private online environment. And you can start communicating with somebody in under 48 hours. You can also send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And it's so easy. It's never been easier to get into therapy than it is now with BetterHelp. Plus, the best part is it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So many people say, oh, I can't afford therapy. Well, you know what? Now you can. And this service is available for clients that are worldwide and they specialize in depression, anxiety, stress, relationships, trauma, and more. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. And just listen to this testimonial from a BetterHelp user. Judy is so down to earth and offers real life tips to help implement stress and anxiety management. I've been working with her for just a couple of months and look forward to our sessions every other week. Can't recommend her enough. In fact, so many people have been such a huge fan of BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Dear Gabby. Join over 1 million who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Dear Gabby. I'm really grateful that both of you are here right now. I'm really thrilled to be able to connect with two individuals who have a shared passion for metaphysical principles and religious principles and beliefs and spiritual practice. And I like to start with what that means to both of you. Let's start with Reza and just just hear a little bit about what it means to be in communication with a spiritual religious connection of your own understanding? I think for me, spirituality is more than just kind of a a lifestyle. It's a kind of mode of being, like it's a way of looking at the universe. It's it's, It's a point of view, in other words, right? I don't see it as kind of separate and distinct from, you know, regular life. You know, I think so many times people categorize spirituality as a kind of a a unique category that's different from say the secular, right? We do this all the time. Like there's the secular and the profane, you know, there's the, and there's the sacred and, you know, the spiritual, but it's all very integrated Mm -hmm. in my life. Partly this has to do with, you know, the way that I understand our human capacity for spiritual thinking to function, right? It's, and I've written a lot about this, but it's the religious impulse, you know, impulse towards spiritual thinking is deeply embedded in our brain. You know, it's part of the way that our cognitive processes 
work. It's a brain function, if you will. And so I feel like it's there for a reason because it's meant to be tapped into that we are fundamentally spiritual beings, Mm -hmm. that part of the full expression of being human is tapping in to that ability to feel transcendence, to think about and experience that which is beyond this kind of material realm. I think it's just kind of part of the human condition, right? It's it's who we're meant to be as human beings. And so I try very hard to integrate spiritual thinking into my everyday life, right? Instead of thinking about it as kind of a separate and distinct category, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's that's kind of that's really served me, I think, especially as I'm getting older and as I'm, you know, having less time to do older, things. Reza, look I, at you. I, it's hard to believe. He looks real good. You're like a you're like a silver fox <laughs> with perfect in the, skin, but in a body of like a 22 year old. But the bones of an 80 year old. <laughs> That's when you want to remind yourself that you are a spirit having a human condition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. Got as you. Likes mm-hmm. to say. So, yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's harder to, to meditate, you know, it's, I have four kids. It's hard for us to all get up and go, you know, to church or whatever. And so it's all about integrating spiritual thinking into everyday life and practice. You know, I think that's kind of the key for me. I like what you're saying, because I've always said that if there isn't a spiritual part of my life, this is my spiritual life. I live a spiritual life. I don't even think I need to make that as an intention anymore. It's infused in every corner of everything that happens, every thought I have, every intention I set. And I know very quickly when I'm misaligned, right? That's a beautiful way to consider life is just being in spirit no matter what is happening around us and leaning into that no matter what. And I think a lot of that comes with conditioning. I only say conditioning because, you know, you mentioned that, you know, there's this biological condition of wanting or needing to be in connection to spirit, but it's often the thing that we look for in all the wrong places. We're often looking for that connection, that intuition in a lot of the wrong places. So I'd like to bring that to you, Rain, because I think that when we're in that pursuit of a spiritual connection outside of ourselves, that can really obviously take us down, but also can be the greatest moment of awakening. And I I love the Rumi quote, the wound is the place where the light enters you. Mm. So, you know, I'd love to just hear how maybe having those breaking moments or bottoms were maybe a catalyst for you to connect to spirit and what that means to you now. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much, Gabby. And I, I love that you're having these discussions and I love being a part of them. And that connection, you know, between it's so hard to draw the line, like where's self help and where's spirituality and where's philosophy and where's psychology where it's all united, you know, it's all. I think it's all the same, potentially. I mean, we can get into that. Keep going. But I want to, maybe we'll come back to that. Yeah, no, but I I agree. I think it's all, it's all the same. It's all different slices of the same pie, Mm -hmm. which is the human experience. And, you know, you, you quoted, you know, Père Tehart de Chardin, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And, you know, for me, when I really realized that, so I, I grew up a member of the Baha'i faith and I'm a practicing member of the Baha'i faith right now. That's my religious tradition, but I left it hard in my 20s, like so many people in their 20s do to go kind of find myself in the big city and and had a lot of great times, but also had a lot of really, really difficult times. And when I look back at what I went through, I realize now that we didn't have the vocabulary then that we do now around mental health. But I really was going through a mental health breakdown. Mm-hmm. I would have debilitating anxiety attacks that would literally leave me shaking on the floor. Mm-hmm. I was in severe depression, uh, getting treatment for that. And, but no one talked about, yo, you have mental health issues. Uh, I was deep into addiction. I was really polyaddicted, pretty much anything you could kind of get addicted to. I was just trying to use, like you said, to kind of soothe and escape that wound and trying to connect in unhealthy ways. But at the same time, when I look back on it, I'm so grateful for those experiences. It forced me into therapy. It forced me to kind of rethink my spiritual life. It got me back in touch with my faith. 
and it kind of set me on a journey, which has been a flawed journey. It's not like I've got it all figured out. And something we were talking a little bit about before this started, Gabby, which was, and Reza kind of tipped his hat to it, which is not separating a spiritual practice from a daily practice of being a human being. Because if we're spiritual beings having a human experience, everything we do in some way, shape, or form can and has to reflect the spiritual. Totally. So my whole mission in the last really 10 years or so of of real sobriety has been to integrate all of this stuff. Like I'm Dwight on The Office. That's, he plays this kind of comic weirdo, but he's a Baha'i and he's interested in life's big questions and, you know, uh, and, and I've got my family life and I've got my hobbies and how does all of that fit together where I'm just this radiant, trying to be attempting to be radiant, uh, spiritual being living my most fulfilled possible life. And it's, um, it's, it's a difficult journey, but it's an exciting one. Well, I think they all fit together in a cool way because when we have this unconscious or conscious, depending on where you're at and what you think on a day-to-day basis, but this unconscious desire to be in connection with spirit, which ultimately to me means to, to feel love, to dwell in the energy of love and joy. And when that's the through line and it shows up here when I'm with you guys and it'll show up when I'm with my three-year-old and it'll show up when I'm in an Uber with some guy that's like, you know, driving too fast and I'm bringing the joy and, Hey man, can you just slow it down? Like what happened this morning? You know, but being in the presence of that joy and that love, no matter where you go, can be that through line between who you are on the office and who you are as an actor and who you are on your podcast and who you are as a friend and who you are as a family member. And for me, I'll just speak for myself and I'd love to hear what your theory on this is, Reza. But like when we make that primary intention, which is to lean towards joy, to to be in love, to be a spiritual being, that it ultimately can be the thread between all of the different parts that we play in our life. What I really love about what you're saying is the aspect of personal choice in the matter. Like, I think we all know people, we all have friends who say things like, you know, I wish I, I wish I was a spiritual person. I just, you know, I just can't. I just right? don't, you know, like those of us, you know, who have like an active spiritual life were, you know, struck by lightning or something. And so it just, it just happened. It's like, no, it, it's an active choice. Yep. Right. Yeah. And this is the thing that I kind of say to people all the time that, you know, being a person of faith or um, having a spiritual perspective is nothing more than just kind of a decision that you make, right? That you just sort of decide, like, this is how I'm going to see the world. And there's nothing magical about it, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. not It's not just some, like, you know, accidental thing that happens that some people get and some people don't, you know? It's just how do you choose to go through your day? Do you, you know, do you choose to sort of think about the world as being nothing more than material or do you, are you actively striving for a different kind of experience? And, you know, just like you were saying in your Uber drive, like, do you, do you consciously decide to kind of bring joy into the car Mm -hmm. or do you not? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be much more complicated than that. Yep, exactly. And I really like that you're just unpacking it and demystifying it. Going to the pharmacy in person is so 2021. Get your birth control online prescribed and delivered for free with Pill Club. Never make a trip to the doctor for your prescription or wait online at the pharmacy ever again. Ugh, I hate going to the pharmacy. The Pill Club provides personalized care from the comfort of your home and delivery to your door on time every time. The Pill Club offers birth control subscriptions prescribed by a medical professional and delivered straight to your door for free. The convenience is next level. And I love that you can send a text message to a nurse practitioner with any questions. The Pill Club carries over 120 FDA-approved brands and ships to all 50 states. Most brands of birth control are free with insurance or Medicaid. Otherwise, prices start at as low as $7 per month without insurance. The Pill Club delivers birth control to your door for free in discreet packaging along with fun self-care gifts and goodies. Sign up for birth control in just five minutes. Skip the office visit and waiting in line, all the pharmacy mumbo jumbo and join the club. Right now, when you go to thepillclub.com slash Gabby, the pill club is offering a $10 donation to bedsider.org 
for every Dear Gabby listener who becomes a patient. Your donation will help low-income individuals get access to birth control through bedsider.org. That's thepillclub.com slash Gabby to get your first birth control care package and donate to help more women in need of affordable birth control. Remember, thepillclub.com slash Gabby. You must use the link to make a donation. Gabby. First impressions are everything. So if you're looking to make an impact with your online content, you need issue. The easiest way to make your creative ideas come to life and share everywhere you want to be seen. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flip books and brochures. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your creative in an easy-to-view way on every device. Make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting your content. Everything is optimized for your engagement and ready to share. So this is so cool. It makes sharing content so easy. It's been the best tool for my team and for me. I use it often. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, and really anyone who wants to make content that stands out. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for a premium account and then you'll get 50% off when you go to issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code G-A-B-B-Y. That's issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code Gabby at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issuu dot com slash podcast with promo code Gabby. Anyone that's listening to this podcast or listening to Metaphysical Milkshake best podcast title so good, <laughs> would be in some way seeking that connection and unapologetically seeking that connection if you're going to press play. If you're still listening right now, <laughs> you're, you're mm-hmm. looking, you're, you're seeking or you're open. And so that's enough that, the, that I always say that happiness is a choice we make. And I think that means our spiritual practice is a choice that we make. Our sobriety is a choice that we make. Our day-to-day showing up in recovery in any form is a, is a choice that we make. That brings me to, to sort of religion and practices and gurus. And I just have this desire to ask you guys a question. So I've always, I've been a spiritual seeker my whole life. And my mother would bring me in and out of um, ashrams and I was taught to meditate as a child and I had this spiritual foundation. And then as a spiritual student on my own, in my sobriety, in my sober recovery, in my pursuit of, of strengthening my own faith, in my life practice of being a spiritual woman, I have know that I was guided to different practices and teachers and self-proclaimed gurus at different times for my own awakening. But in two instances that are really quite heartbreaking, two big name gurus that I became, wouldn't want to say like a follower or a devotee, but like really took the principles. They changed my life and changed my, my relationship to my own spiritual connection. Turned out to be really fucked up dudes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and I'm not even sure if I want to bring up their names. That's how like triggering it is for me, right? It's triggering because it was these two different practices that were very impactful in my life. And I was very vocal about them. And I've had to rewrite books of mine to write them out of it, you know, and mm. re-record audio to write, get them out of the audio books because there were such shameful things that these guys did. So I just want to hear what your feelings are about going down the path of following a specific quote-unquote guru. And I think there were gurus, a bunch of bullshit, just because I think that I wrote a book called You Are the Guru, that we all have to find that within ourselves. Mm. Rain is my guru, so. Rain can be our guru, truly. But other than sure. Rain, other than Rain, we really should be our own guru. And I'm soliciting a donations. For, totally, uh, totally. Go to rainguru.com. Rainguru.com. And for the low, low price of $1,200 a week. <laughs> I'll send you lots of books and uh, (laughs) CDs that you can stack up in your closet. Okay, Rain, tell us, tell us what that means to you. I mean, or if you guys have any advice for me on how to process this this stuff. But yeah, I just want to hear from you about what, you know, what happens when we kind of follow a path that's really disappointing. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I'm really sorry to hear about that, those stories. That's really terrible. Um, Anyone who is 
given uh, a kind of the spiritual charge to be a leader in a spiritual community and help guide people that are looking for answers. Uh, they have an incredible trust. You know, it's like a they're a teacher, and if they break that trust, which happens a lot, it's um, it's 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 horrific. I mean, it's one mm-hmm. thing if it's your accountant. You know, totally. it's another thing if it's someone you're looking for guidance. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I think a lot of people that go into this world have had some trauma and have some brokenness in them and that they're seeking to rectify. So a lot of people then, uh, the ego is a very powerful monster and uh, narcissism goes hand in hand with guru dumb. How could it not? Totally. I mean, how could you not sit in front of a group of hundreds of people and they're all looking at you and hanging on your every word. And how could that not affect you? Totally. You know? And, and I think that can, you can easily lead a double life and it can easily lead to a, you know, this kind of egoistic narcissistic life. And that's why I love that you're saying that we are our own gurus because everyone is flawed. You know, we're just such flawed, broken, wonderful, lovely, terrible, delightful, idiotic, brilliant people. You know, we're just filled with so many contradictions and that's okay. And, and, you know, for me specifically, one of the reasons I love my faith, the Baha'i faith is, um, I'm not really not trying to plug it, but I'll just share. No, this is your experience. Yeah. My experience is there's no clergy in the Baha'i faith. Mm. And in fact, I think it's got to be the world's largest religion that doesn't have a clergy. You know, there's no there's no rabbis or mullahs or or priests or or anything like that. So it's all it's it's a little bit like a 12 step program in that the inmates are running the asylum, totally. which can have its own set of challenges. But it it's really beautiful in that way because it's grassroots. And, you know, the only guru is is God, you know, and so that means a great deal to me in my personal spiritual practice. Beautiful. I love the idea of the community led. Reza, I want to hear from you because you're the guru of religious studies. <laughs> but just, you know, you've obviously gotten so familiar with so many different types of religions. And I just want to hear from what your experience of, has been in, in, has there been any disappointment or sense of, of loss in your connection to any practice? I mean, in general, I have kind of just a you know, general distrust of people anyway, <laughs> distrust and dislike. <laughs> of people anyway. So I've never, ever kind of felt the, you know, the sort of temptation to be enthralled to anyone, really. Mm-hmm. And I think also intellectually, because, you know, I've studied so many of the great prophets of the world, you know, and I've, I've written about Jesus and Moses and Muhammad and Buddha. And, and when you sort of look at these, you know, great prophetic characters, you, what you see is human beings, right? Flawed totally. human beings. And yeah. so if you can see that in these uh, people who have been elevated to almost divine status, then you immediately sort of approach gurus or religious leaders with a healthy dose of uh, skepticism anyway. Yeah. So it's never really been a thing for me. But spiritually, I have to admit that I'm, you know, I, I recognize that spirituality, religion, that one of its greatest contributions to an individual is the creation of community, right? That it gives you this, this sort of your own collective to talk about things that are very difficult to express. And you get this language that, you know, only you yourselves and your group understands. And you you get this shorthand for, you know, expressing to each other the most mysterious, ineffable parts of the human condition. I have never been in need of community. I've never really sought out community. So yeah, I'm the wrong person. I'm the wrong person to ask about this stuff because I've, I just have never been that person. My personality has never been the kind of personality that seeks out other people in general, but certainly other people from whom, you know, to receive spiritual instruction. It's just never been my thing. And I think I, I really do think it is, it does have to do with a lifetime of deep historical analysis of like the greatest spiritual teachers 
in human history. <laughs> you know, once you once you find the flaws in Jesus, you're like, well, then I'm not going to trust anybody after that. Totally. Point. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, wasn't wasn't Jesus on the cross saying, "God, why why hast thou forsaken <laughs> right? me?" Yeah. So if he's like, you know, so I, I mean, I believe in the divinity of of Christ and his special station as a Baha'i, but you know, that's such a human moment mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. like. You're mm-hmm. being tortured. You've been through the ringer and you're mm-hmm. like, come on, God, come on, yeah. dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what's going on? And I think we've all been at that moment on our knees. Like, why have you forsaken me? Why am I going through such yeah. pain? What What is going on? Yeah. Um, I mean, a beautiful the, moment. The Jesus of history was frequently angry, often annoyed, sometimes wrong and impatient. And, you know, all the things that you would expect from a human being, even a human being who has been, you know, touched by God. And so again, like once you, once you understand that, then it's very, very hard to take sort of claims of, you know, some kind of spiritual exceptionalism from, you know, individuals nowadays, to be honest. And it's so interesting that you say this because some of what was so heartbreaking for me when these uh, gurus fell so hard (laughs) was not so much about them. Like one of them wasn't even alive, you know, it was just a guy that was like a figure in a yoga practice, but it was that the community that I fell in love with was so flawed, right? Mm-hmm. By, by knowing these truths and not just being, and just not being forthcoming about them. Like this is really what happened, but we still believe in this practice, Right. And so that I think it's like it's like the fall of the community was so much more heartbreaking than the fall of the person. And so that that you know I just wanted to kind of close on that part. Anybody out there that's struggling with focus, energy or motivation, listen up. It's not you, it's your brain. So sometimes we need supplements and support to really get our brain functioning well. And that's where thesis comes in. Thesis helps you take control of your mind to create habits that last and get a little help if you need a boost. Thesis makes personalized supplement formulas that are specifically designed to boost cognitive function. I've been using them as I've just been making moves throughout my book launch and doing so much and trying to stay on my A game. Thesis is helping me a lot. Creativity is my favorite formula. It makes me feel like I'm using a new part of my brain. It's this cool formula. It's called creativity. How awesome is that? New ideas come to me and I feel like I'm able to communicate more clearly and more effectively. It's just really amazing. It's based on the science of nootropics, which are natural and powerful ingredients like caffeine, ginseng, and B12. They increase productivity, focus, and mental clarity. Does your brain feel foggy right now? Probably most people really suffering with brain fog these days. Thesis can help you cut through the brain fog and think clearly, feel more energized, and give you a little help with motivation to find your flow. Take their three-minute online quiz, and Thesis will recommend high-quality nootropic formulas that are unique to you and your goals. Over 60,000 entrepreneurs, lawyers, engineers, busy professionals, and parents have used Thesis to get better results at work and at home. Imagine what you could do with Thesis. Right now, Thesis is offering our listeners 10% off your first starter kit when you visit takethesis.com Gabby. Go to takethesis.com slash Gabby to take the quiz and discover your unique nootropic combination and save 10% on your first starter kit. That's takethesis.com slash Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y. Make sure to use our URL to let them know we sent you. The thing I also want to talk about with you guys is spiritual bypassing because I had an interesting conversation. I've been studying uh, internal family systems therapy, IFS. I'm in their level one training. And it's something that's back to what we said originally, Rain, about how therapy and psychology and religion and spirituality have this this through line. I mean, I think that IFS is a true spiritual practice while it's, you know, known to be this clinical therapy. But what I was talking about with, with Dick Schwartz was how people often spiritually bypass it, almost like another form of a addiction of getting higher above the problems rather than going and facing the truth of what's up. And I, you see this a lot in, 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 in different spiritual practices and different religions as well, when people are just using the, the religion or the spiritual practice to get above the root cause condition. Just riff on that, what that means to you if, you, if you've experienced that or if that's something that's ever been up for you. 
the only thing that pops into my head about what you're saying, that's wonderful that you're studying that. That's super, super cool. I think Are that, you familiar with IFS? Do you know? Do you know? I'm not. I'm I'm familiar with IBS, yeah. irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. It, this is but way that's better. A, that's than, a little different. That's better than that. Okay. This is cool. a lot better than IBS. Okay. And, but you might, but stress would be a guide to I, IFS. <laughs> the same way it would be a guide to IBS. Well, the only thing that I'll, I'll say is that I think this all comes back around to kind of the thesis of our conversation, which is that spirituality is not something that's for church on Sundays. It's not something for yoga class. It's not something for just when you're meditating. And it can be folded into everything that one does in one's life. And processing family pain and trauma and and dynamics of communication you know the kind of what we call therapy is is a spiritual practice as well and some of that is very nitty gritty it's not kind of for lack of a better phrase airy fairy you know mm. it's it can be setting hard boundaries with family members you know that can be a spiritual practice to say hey it's not okay for you to do x y and z when you come into my house you know, and examining the trauma that we underwent and, you know, and addressing that with our parents or our siblings is, it's very, you know, it's very meat and potatoes stuff, but it's so important to our spiritual progress. It's a soul retrieval, truly going through any kind of trauma recovery. I think back to the conversation we were having about how spirit is in everything. I believe that that spirit is in the therapist. Spirit is in the medication. Spirit is in the 12-step rooms. So guru comes from the two syllables. They say gu is like darkness and ru is dispeller. So darkness dispeller is a guru. So if your therapist is a darkness dispeller, then that can be your, your guru. Right on. I like that. Right on. But listen, we did an episode with Dr. Gabor Mate, who yep. was you Love know, him. Love the him. most incredible addiction recovery spiritual specialist uh, philosopher you'll ever meet. And he diagnosed Reza in the it most crazy, in the craziest way. And it was it's in this episode of Metaphysical Milkshake because uh, Reza doesn't, God bless him, doesn't suffer from addiction so I much. Don't. But when he started probing, what happened there, Reza? Do you want to, do you want to, well, you know, in? he was, he was, uh, I was talking about, you know, Rain has been very open about his various addictions and, and, uh, and is a big fan of Dr. Mate's. And I was like, well, this is all intellectually fascinating for me. You know, this idea that addictions are tied to childhood trauma and sort of the need to like, you know, make up for the pain of that time and, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, this is all very interesting intellectually, but I mean, I have no emotional connection to it because it doesn't, I don't have any addictions. <laughs> and Gabor was like, you sure about that? And I was like, uh -oh. totally. Uh-oh. And Rain kind of, you know, uh, outed me a little bit about the fact that you know, I'm a quote unquote workaholic. Right. And Gabor is a self-proclaimed workaholic. Yeah. But that's not a, I was thinking that's not a real thing. That's There's no, thing. that's no quote unquote, dude. You know, come on. It's true. Right. And the problem is it's socially acceptable and praised yes. in this culture. So maybe you wouldn't notice you it. You get on the front page of Vanity Fair if, you, if you're a workaholic. Like this right. guy has never seen his family. And mm -hmm. made a billion yeah. dollars and yeah, works 120 hours a week. Let's, so like, Reza, well let's talk done. about your workaholism. Okay, so we, how did it feel when Gabor said you're a workaholic? <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know he he was like, and the trauma that underlies it. Right? Yeah, let's talk about. And and I made some comment like, look, that's not a real thing. That's just called being an immigrant. You know, that's like wow. I, you know, my my family fled Iran. You know, we came here with nothing, and you know, it's just kind of what I. Learn and even as I'm saying this, I, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh shit!" I think I think I'm starting to get where this is going. And sure enough, he just like immediately tied it to like the trauma of that experience of being a refugee and sort of the need to make sure that like there was always enough. And now you know I have more than enough, but it's like I'm constantly like, "Okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's yeah. the next thing?" And and that parental the, pressure and that family pressure for you to yeah. succeed in this world. And also Reza wanted to be a writer. He's like, mom, dad, I want to yeah. be a writer. They're like, what? <laughs> what? So he uh, had to doubly prove himself mm -hmm. in a field that his parents were like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. While also getting a PhD and becoming a professor, which was, you know, one of the approved professions. That was right. <laughs> right. And I think 
you know, it actually has affected me a lot. Like I think about it a lot, actually, Rain, you and I haven't really talked that much about it since the, since that episode, but Mm. it is on the forefront of my mind a lot, you know, where it's like, I've always had this philosophy where you always say yes to everything. Yeah. Right. Hey Reza, um, can you, yes, I'll just, yes, I can do that. I can do Mm. this. I can do that job. Mm. I can do this. I can do it all. And just getting to the place where I feel comfortable saying no to an opportunity is completely a new experience, but you know, that's, that's a, that's a big part of it. Look, I I think this is the point where we should probably just admit that this podcast is just a way for us to get free therapy. Like that's basically. (laughs) Yeah. You know, listen, listen, I think that it's really safe to say that most every human has some form of addictive personality in some form, right? So it's addiction to even it could be like addiction to fear, addiction to guilt or work addiction, debt addiction, whatever it might be. But it's when the addictions are socially acceptable that they get really brushed under the rug. And, uh, you know, I'm a recovering work addict as well. And people would say to me for years, oh, wow, Gabby, you get so much done. You do so much. Little did they know I was like, had horrible IBS reign. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, <laughs> so ill and so terrified in my body and in my life. And it's, um, it's, it's beautiful that he was able to identify that in you. And I think that, you know, Gabor is probably walking around like this one's addicted to this, this one's addicted to this, but without any judgment, because that is, I, I believe that we all suffer from some form of trauma with a big T or trauma with a small T, and it affects our lives in very unique and innovative ways. And when we become brave enough to look at those root cause conditions and the ways that they play out in our life, that's when we start to become free in our life. And, you know, I can, I can say that in my sobriety, it's, it's, it's continuously showing up for those addictive patterns that is really continues to set me more free. And the universe will continue to test us in new and interesting ways Yeah, as yeah. we proceed. Yeah. And I guess that's where faith comes in, right? Because you know, I just had a really rough experience a month and a half ago where I was, I was pregnant for five and a half months. And sadly I, I lost, uh, the baby wasn't doing well. This is just like a month ago. And I really, I, for 16 years, I've been in this field and I've been counseling people on grief and loss and particularly many women who've had this type of loss. And here I was, and I was faced with my own teachings and it was just beautiful to see my faith. I keep using this metaphor. It was like, I could fall into it like a pillow. It was just so, it was so effortless. And so I I wonder if either of you have had those experiences of being two men who have been on this, you know, your own personal spiritual quests to witness your faith in action. You know, what does that mean to you? I'll jump in. So I think that a couple things come to mind when you say that. Thank you for sharing that story. And I'm really sorry about your loss. I've had many friends that have gone through that. And it's, it's one thing that it's not really talked about culturally, you know, and it should be. I will say that two things. One is that I think that the spiritual path of an individual has two branches. One is the personal, and that is we're growing and developing spiritual qualities in us to help us cope, to become better people. We want to become more radiant. We want to reflect the qualities of the divine, you know, humility, kindness, patience, compassion. We're developing these in ourselves. We're seeking more inner serenity. And I think in the Western world, a lot of people are really focused on that branch of spirituality, but there's another branch. There's another part of the practice of the spiritual, which is service. And that's why 12 Steps brings it all together in such a beautiful way, in a way that a lot of religions don't, because this idea of service to others is is integral to spiritual growth. You can't just sit in your walled garden and become more spiritual staring at a tree or a crystal with some incense burning. You know, there can be important spiritual practices of meditation that can help you. But when you're in, in the world, in the world, serving others, connecting with others, trying to make the world a better place, then you're challenged, you know, and then you, you go back and you, and you meditate and you pray and you use those tools and that strengthens you. And then you go back in the world and that gives you more propulsion to go back in the world and, and, and to serve more and help make the world a better place because there is a, there is a spiritual imperative to relieve the suffering of others. If you have, truly have compassion in your heart, 
then it will kill you to have other people hungry, mm-hmm. sad, mm-hmm. homeless, destitute, oppressed, and we fight for them. And so it is this, it's like a yin and a yang. It's a circle. It's going inward, going outward, going outward, going inward. It's a constant process. And I will say that, so my spiritual practice works on both of those things. I meditate every morning. I pray every morning. But every day, I try to, in some way, shape, or form, give back in some way and try and make the world a better place, whether it's through nonprofit work or, you know, in helping people along their spiritual path or creating great Hollywood TV projects that are, you know, uh, you know, like Soul Pancake or podcasts that kind of uplift meaningful conversations. But I do think that one thing, another thing that is a little bit missing in the kind of, I would say, the self-help, new agey community, and that is, and that is prayer. And a lot of people are very resistant to prayer because they grew up in churches and they had kind of a religious oppression and trauma. And they're like, oh, I don't want to pray to some, they have a vague idea of a higher power, but they don't want to literally pray. But prayer is powerful. There is a force in the universe out there that is there for the wants to help us, but we need to get humble to it. Yeah. And that's prayer is humility. An inability to pray is an inability to get really humble. To totally. say, I need help. Totally. And I, I need help. And there is a big, beautiful, bountiful power coursing through this universe that can help me along my journey if I attune to it. And just just like Jesus, God, why hast thou forsaken me? To just to connect with that, with that energy. There's a very powerful force there that a lot of people aren't using because they think it's, oh, it's a for born agains. Right. You know, those right. born agains are the ones who pray. Right. We yoga practitioners, we don't pray, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. And sometimes it's just the semantics that get people tripped up. So rename it, who cares? But prayer, uh, of course, in miracles says prayer is the medium for miracles. I believe that my resilience in this recent experience of grief is a direct reflection of my commitment to daily prayer and communication with, with the spiritual realm and communication with what I perceive to be guides and and God and, and ancestors and, and the team truly. And so I appreciate that that came back to prayer because how can you have a pillow of faith if you don't have a foundation of surrender? Reza, what is, what does faith mean to you? Rain knows this because I say it all the time, but my, my absolute favorite uh, Bible verse is from the book of James, which is my favorite book in the Bible. Uh, written by my favorite character in all of, you know, Judeo-Christian history, James, the literal brother of Jesus, which is crazy. Like, imagine being Jesus's brother. I mean, that's not, (laughs) I do do not envy that guy. James, shut up. (laughs) James, we want to hear what Jesus has to say. James, okay, we got it. Just, can you sit back there? Jesus, Jesus, talk more. Could you imagine bunking? Could you imagine bunking with Jesus? God. Like, yeah, yeah, James, we get, get it. Uh, we get can it. You get, can you get Jesus to uh, <laughs> to heal my uh, my broken toe? I, got Wait, I just toe. realized, in a way, <laughs> I'm I, I I'm the James of this podcast. People are always like, oh, "Can I? Do you think Rain could like you know? Would he, <laughs> could he send me like a photograph or something, or maybe one of those bobbleheads?" I actually like, want a bobblehead. Hey, anyway. Reza, can you get Rain to send me a bobblehead? <laughs> <laughs> AKA Rain Jesus. Yes. Yeah, you got okay, it. Okay, carry on. You got it, Gabby. Here it comes. James is a very, very interesting guy, real firebrand, you know, had a had a vastly different view of what Christianity was supposed to be. This movement started by his brother than what it ultimately became. But James, you know, one of his most famous sayings is faith without works is dead. Yep. And I love that phrase. Love I it, just, love it, love it. I didn't know that that was James's phrase. That was James's phrase. I mean, I might have thought it was like Jesus's or something. God bless James. You would think so. I'm but taking his yeah. best one-liner and giving it to his brother. Yeah. And you know, it, there's there's background to that, to that uh, phrase too, because he was actually, James was very much in conversation with Paul. You know, mm. Paul, who essentially, you know, gave us what we now call Christianity. And Paul has a very famous, you know, saying where he says that, you know, all you need, all you need for salvation is faith. You don't need anything else, right? That it's just 
faith is a gift given to you by God. Salvation is a gift given to you by God. And all you need is faith. And James basically says, bullshit. Hmm. That's no, that's not true. I know because I bumped with Jesus. Right. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and no, that's not what it is. That if you have faith and you don't have works, then what's the point? Love it. Love that. Love that. What a great thing to bring up because it's, we, you can have all the faith in the world. You can be sitting under meditation, people. You can be praying all day long. But but what's the point if you're not actually letting that prayer speak through you to guide you to take an action? Yeah. I mean, he literally says it's dead. That's the word yep. that he uses. Yep. He doesn't say like, it would be better if you expressed your faith in works. He says it is dead. Yep. It's useless. Um, you know, go live in a cave if that's what you want to do. So, good. so to me, it's yeah, it's really about like every decision in your life from how you shop to what you buy, to how you respond to people, to how you respond to evil. That's what faith is. Mm-hmm. You know, faith is external actions, not internal thinking. Excellent. Beautiful. Thank you. You guys, I could talk to you all afternoon. I think that you are such wonderful men. I'm grateful for the service that you're bringing to this world. Your podcast, Metaphysical Milkshake, it's such a great contribution. You guys seem to be having such a great time. and you're speaking, We have a lot of fun. You clearly sure. have a lot of fun. <laughs> and you're speaking to the most important truths. And I appreciate that deeply. And I am very thrilled to now call you friends, even though I've only seen your face on Zoom. But Okay, you can have a bobblehead. Okay, yes. That's um, all this was okay. about. I, Reza, I'll send you my address. <laughs> this was the whole... <laughs> and you can coordinate it with Raid. <laughs> all of this was to get your hands on that bobblehead. I want that bobblehead so bad. <laughs> really, I just want to give it to my husband. He's like Raid super fan. So you guys are just... You're really, truly amazing. I look forward to meeting you in person. Thank you so much. I want everybody to go listen to Metaphysical Milkshake. Check out Soul Pancake. Check out Boom Gen Studios is uh, really doing a lot of good work as well. And the two of you are such beautiful rock and tours. And I'm just I'm just proud to be able to be in conversation with you today. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. Thanks for having us. What a wonderful conversation. Thanks for having us here. Have a good day, guys. If you made it to the end of this episode, that means you're truly committed to miracles. I'm really proud of you. If you want to get more Gabby, tune in every Monday for a new episode. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the guidance or special bonus episodes. Your experience at this show means a lot to me. So I really want to welcome you to leave an honest review. And you can follow me on social media at Gabby Bernstein. And if you want to get in on the action, sign up for a chance to be Dear Gabby live at DearGabby.com. See you next week. Gabby. Gabby.